It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and, of course, wherever you get your podcast from. Well, if you had a busy night last night, a big night, uh, you're probably waking up slowly this morning. A lot of Christmas functions around Australia. Sunday morning is back with us. It is the 11th day of the month of December for 2022. Coming up, as always, we have got the Sunday Rewind. It's been quite a busy week. The RBA, of course, started us off on Tuesday with that announcement for the 0.25 basis points rise. Also, during the week, we spoke to Katrina Keegan. This is a lovely little story in Surfers Paradise. Uh, She was the selling agent there, a heartfelt auction with a piece of history that ended up with a local winning gold and the developers missing out. Also, we head across to Perth and we talk to Trent Fleskins and we find out just why the Perth property market just continues to power on. Also on the Sunday Rewind, uh, you'll hear from Clint here from The Cape about Australia's most sustainable housing estate. Now, if you want to be green, the energy efficiency is mind-blowing with The Cape, complete with its own fruit and veggie growing farm. And we also talked to Cameron Murray from the University of Sydney. He's a property economist, and we look ahead to 2023 and some of the things to look forward to or look out for in the first quarter. That is all coming up with the Sunday Rewind next. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 6.30. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. All right, let's have a look at the weather for this Sunday morning. First, we go to Sydney. Good morning to you. Expecting a mostly fine and sunny day with a high of 27 degrees. In Melbourne, expecting also 27 with showers developing and windy conditions. Brisbane, expecting partly cloudy skies, but it should be mainly dry with 27. And in Perth today, also blue skies with sunshine and a high today in Perth of 28 degrees. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. The property was probably one of the original um, beach houses at Buds Beach. It was just up the road from Buds Beach, about 458 square metre block with a beautiful little beach shack on it, three bedrooms, one bathroom, um, and a huge usable flat block. And it was also on the corner of Pine and Oak Avenue, giving it kind of dual access from both streets. So it really was one of the most unique properties left in Buds Beach. Yeah, as I said, you know, it's very hard for people to buy these types of old shack batches at auction time. But what happened the other day was a Gold Coast woman outbidding developers. So tell us what happened on auction day, Katrina. Yeah, it was definitely a surprise. We had 10 registered bidders on the day, some on the phone, some in the room. Um, ultimately, you know, we did have majority of those bidders were looking to knock it down because it is such a you know prized piece of land in Buds Beach. But the buyer who ultimately ended up securing it was a local in the area. She lives close by um, and she was actually the very first buyer who came through the open home. 
and ultimately being the last buyer to bid on the day. It was um, very busy. There was a lot of active bids and she ultimately secured the property. And the auction, I think you've described as probably one of your most emotionally charged auctions. I'm sure it was. (laughs) Did anybody break their bidding paddles, the ones that missed out? (laughs) Nearly. Um, Look, it was definitely very active. The thing that I guess made it the most emotional was that the family had all come. And I'm talking, there were three generations in the room and this property was already two generations down. So to have that sort of those memories, to have the children there, the beneficiaries, the grandparents, children, um, just watching it and watching how many people that were really fighting for their, you know, their home. It was really beautiful. Um, Still gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Now, you mentioned that you had these different generations there in the room come auction time. And I understand that this is the first time the property has hit the market in 70 years. And the seller's siblings have got a bit of a backstory, have they? They do. Yeah. So the property was built as a wedding gift to their parents. So it was something that had been passed down the generations. The children and grandchildren that were there on the day had used it as a holiday home. Um, Frank, uh, one of the owners, had said that he would bring his surfboard down as a teenager and um, go fishing. That Every single person that came from the family had a memory of being in the home. So that was it was definitely, again, made it more emotionally charged on the day that they all sat around after the auction and just reminisced about all the great times they'd had in it. And the fact that they'll still be able to drive past that and show potentially you know, more generations to come is really beautiful. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. I, I guess it's interesting too, looking at the buyer's agents, because they've identified Perth as totally undervalued compared to the East Coast, and they're climbing on board with a lot of those investors that they're representing. The reality is people are looking, coming from a, a mindset of the East Coast where they're used to the prices they've had to adjust to, uh, think about a suburb that is, I don't know, 25 minutes from the city uh, and you can buy a four by two on 500 square meters that's renting for $500 a week for $450,000. That property in Sydney is probably eight, $900,000. So when you come from that mindset, it's as if a Perth person is going to a, a different suburb, a different state and seeing a property for $250,000 and it's renting for 500 bucks a week. So uh, that's that value that you're talking about is coming from an East Coast perspective where you're used to these massive price rises over the last 10 years of looking at Perth and going, these guys just haven't jumped on board yet. This is massive value. We'll certainly pay for that. Thank you. I'll have that one and that one and that one. You're way undervalued. Whereas the people in Perth are still a bit shell-shocked from the last five, six years uh, where we had our mining boom and then had five or six years of continual price declines where now most of the property in Perth is under replacement cost. So uh, the East Coast Coast investors are coming across and uh, easy pickings, really. You, you know what's happening. They're doing, the East Coasters are doing a Marty McFly. They're going down a time tunnel. They are. They look back 10 years ago, see, bring the confidence of the last 10 years of their investment strategy where they simply had to just buy a property and they doubled their money in, in 10 years. And they come with that confidence. The property goes on the market in Perth for 430. The East Coast investor goes, this is ridiculous. I'll, I'll pay 440. That's fine, mate. And the person in, from Western Australia is still sitting there trying to negotiate a thousand bucks off the purchase price and losing. So uh, in that last 12 months, for example, those people who were bought for 430, the price is now worth, the property is now worth 500 and they're laughing. 
And commercial properties, what's happening with the yields? Because I think they're still strong and they're still attracting. Commercial property in Western Australia is, you know, it's it's a very globalized or nationalized market these days. There's nothing stopping a Perth person investing in a in a gym or a medical center or a childcare center in Sydney and vice versa. So as long as the covenant of the lease stacks up is strong, uh, there obviously is a, a lot of people around the country looking at Perth still for its capital growth strength, but also uh, it's got just as strong covenants in its leases. So uh, most of the cap, most of the cap rates, the, the yields that commercial buyers are buying on right now are probably sitting in the mid to high 5% marks. Uh, and uh, that's possible because, again, the the land, the value of the land component or what, of whatever that commercial property is sitting on is still very affordable. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. With these rate rises, they're supposed to suppress the inflation. I wonder whether people really get their heads around the effect of what the Reserve Bank is trying to do. I wonder if they fully understand it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm going to be let you know a little secret here that most economists don't really really understand either. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, lot of guesswork and, and sort of intuition and, and rules of thumb that we're not exactly sure about behind using interest rates for inflation targeting. Because at the end of the day, the story is that we want to make, give you a high return for saving so that the decision of households to spend or save is switched away from spending towards saving. Because you get more money in the bank it's more expensive to borrow, to buy a new car or a house. And what we're trying to do is essentially make people stop spending money. Uh, one of the big mechanisms, though, in Australia in particular, is through our mortgage rates because we have a stock of $2 trillion of mortgages. And the effect here of increasing the interest rate is that the interest those uh, mortgaged households have to pay reduces their ability to spend on new goods and services. So it's kind of a bizarre thing that the prices of goods and services are going up. We think it's a problem because it's making households poorer. And our solution is to make them even poorer by increasing their interest costs so they spend even less. Uh, it's a little bit of an odd thing, but you know, it's so far, it's in the last 30 years, it's seemed to do the trick to keep inflation stable. And every time we've had to tighten rates significantly, it hasn't really lasted too long, just a couple of years. So I think that's also worth keeping in mind for, for people worried about their mortgage in their house. I suspect when you look back in five years time, your interest rates won't won't be as high as they will be in 2023. And what about, I don't know if you caught up on this news, but some commentators are saying that next year could see some growth. They're sort of predicting 8 to 9% in the market. I guess I have a more probabilistic view of the future. Like it's it's certainly within the realm of, of probabilities that uh, we get price growth, that the correction we've seen in the second half of 2022 has, has finished and that despite the higher mortgage rates, people borrowing at 6% or more, that we still get some price growth. As you know, investors have been absent from the market from pretty much since 2017 after the Royal Commission. And so there's plenty of investors still out there looking for yields. And if we look at, for example, apartment markets in Sydney, which is you know a huge part of the Australian property market, the yields on apartments are up from below 4%, 3.7%, to now 4.5% because the prices have come down and the rents have gone up. And so despite the higher interest rates, 
it still makes investing relatively attractive. Typically, we don't get a housing peak until mortgage interest rates are around twice the gross yield of housing. So if houses are yielding 4%, the peak is normally when the interest rate is 8%, if you look historically. And we're not quite there yet. So yeah, there's definitely a possibility for a bounce. But as I say, another 50 basis points interest rate rise, depending on what happens in the US with their inflation and their interest rate rises and and whether we follow, could mean that we don't get that rebound as well and that prices continue to fall steadily throughout 2023. But, you know, I'm not eliminating that possibility. It's just uh, I don't know which future we're going to land in next year. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. Tell us a little bit about all of that, how that works and how that relates to the subdivision, the CAPE. Yeah, you're dead right, Craig. It uh, has a lot to do with the Nathas energy rating, but we take a more holistic approach to sustainability as well. So you might be aware that across uh, the country, homes are required to meet uh, a star rating of six stars, and that's increasing to seven stars next year. And that's quite a recent change. For since the beginning of our development, almost 10 years ago, we mandated a minimum of seven and a half stars, and we're actually averaging over eight stars. And so the star rating is really an indication of how much energy it should take to heat and cool your home, uh, to make it comfortable to live in all throughout the year. You're not going to need to run the AC very much in summer um, to be at a really comfortable temperature. But in addition to that, of course, we have no gas. And all homes are fitted out with efficient all-electric appliances. They have a minimum of two and a half kilowatts of solar, although we're averaging over eight, uh, sorry, over five kilowatts of solar. Our residents save a lot of money. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great story because you are Australia's most sustainable housing estate. I mean, number one, it's always good to be number one, especially when it comes to energy. Yeah, look, it is great to have that mantle and you know, we take it quite seriously. So we've been looking at ways to improve the way the estate performs, the way the homes perform throughout the stages so that each home can homeowner can walk out the front or the back of their property onto our beautiful network of cycling paths, past our wetlands and our habitat areas, straight under the beach if they like, or past big community farm, there's a big off-leash dog park, sports precinct, you know, the list sort of goes on. Well, let's have a look at the development of land because some developers are being quite creative in this space and one such piece of creativity there with what you've developed is a residence farm that is going to produce, I understand, an estimated $150,000 worth of fruit, herbs and vegetables each year. I mean, that is brilliant. Tell us about that. Yeah, the the farm's a pretty incredible place. It's a beautiful hub for the residents and the people who live nearby our estate as well. We wanted to include a farm because we see urban agriculture as a really important part of a community. So we're trying to bring some of that food production into the urban area, more than an acre in size. It reduces food miles and down to food meters. So people don't have to uh, drive to a supermarket to buy fruit that might have been grown in Queensland or, or veggies you know, in New South Wales or overseas, but it's grown locally. It's grown organically. There's also a, a good bit of research that shows that infrastructure and amenity like community gardens or in our case of community farm has a really positive effect on property values. 
Now, this is not a requirement, right? Like, it's not being imposed that this is what you've got to do for the subdivision, presumably. So how did you actually come up with the idea to create this this farm for fruit, herbs and vegetables? Yeah, it was part of the, the sort of holistic approach that we wanted to take to building a truly sustainable estate. So we're trying to reduce the emissions in the building fabric. We're trying to reduce the carbon emissions attributable to operation. So that kind of reducing energy bills, uh, not using gas, those types of things, encouraging and making it easy for people to get around on bikes or walking to wherever they want to get to. Food is one big part of that. It's Mm. a big part of our carbon footprint, but a big part of our life. The best way to do that we saw was to bring the food production uh, local and they could hold events, um, community events or bigger events. Yeah, it's it's, uh, definitely worth a visit. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 